There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Here we with you another episode of Steelers News. If you're like me, you love sports. I love every sport. Uh, heck, I, I'll watch basketball if it's on. The one thing I can stand, though, is to listen to sports talk radio or any type of podcast and have to sift through all the mindless talk about some of the same teams that you hear over and over again. If it's baseball, it's the Yankees. If it's football, currently it's the Cowboys or it's the Eagles. And then you also have, you know, other sports, hockey, and whatever. I want to hear about the Steelers. And that's kind of where this show originated from. Now, if you're first finding us on YouTube, um, I just want you to understand this is what the Steelers news is. It's about 15, 20 minutes long. I give you all the updated news. I give you some commentary, all Steelers related. And if you want to get more of this, there's other shows that we do. You can find us on YouTube. Go to BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe. Give a thumbs up. Also, in podcast form, you can go to iTunes and search. The standard is the standard, as Mike Tomlin calls it. That's our podcast platform. The same thing. Subscribe. And give us a like or two there. Give us a good review. That would be appreciated. Now, I want to first apologize about last episode. During the episode, we had some issues technically both with YouTube and with our own connection here at our headquarters. I want to say that those hopefully are ironed out or getting ironed out. And this should be a regular broadcast. Should be good to go on both podcasts and on YouTube. So let's get things started. Last episode, we talked about the throwbacks before we got kind of cut off. The one thing I wanted to talk about, though, and I wrote an article, if you haven't checked it out, on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com about Joshua Dobbs. He was down in Knoxville, Tennessee. He went to University of Tennessee. He um, was talking about how he's excited for the competition this year coming up. And w- w- the quarterback competition, the quarterback battle, in my opinion, is one of the most intriguing battles in training camp. And it's not even for the starting position. No one is suggesting that Ben Roethlisberger should not be the starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What they're arguing is, who's going to make the team? Where are they going to fall in terms of the hierarchy and the depth chart? So with Ben Roethlisberger out of the way, we know he's the starter, barring injury. He is not going anywhere in terms of the quarterback one on the depth chart. Then things get dicey. You have Landry Jones. Landry Jones is in the final year of his second contract in his his NFL career. He's in the last year of his deal. You have second-year quarterback Joshua Dobbs, who I just mentioned and he's going into his second year, did not play a single snap of regular season football in the National Football League last year. Played a ton in the preseason, none in the regular season. And right when you thought that the Steelers' roster depth chart at the quarterback position would be fine heading into the 2018 draft, after all, I mean, think about it, they had three, a a pretty systematic core set of quarterbacks. Roethlisberger was one, Landry Jones was two, Joshua Dobbs was three. Pretty simple, right? Then all of a sudden, the third round, they pick Mason Rudolph, who everyone thinks for the first time they've picked the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. 
So now we have four quarterbacks. Have the Steelers kept four quarterbacks before? Yes. Not under Mike Tomlin, under Bill Cowher, and that was back in the 90s. At Cordell Stewart era, the Neil O'Donnell era, they ended up keeping four quarterbacks then. This is a different situation. The National Football League is different. I'm not so sure they're going to keep four. So you look at this battle in particular, and you're saying, okay, if Ben's a starter, I think we all can probably agree on. We might not like it, but we can all agree that Landry Jones is probably going to be solidified as the backup quarterback for the Steelers. He knows the playbook. He's played in the regular season. He's played it sometime in the postseason, although that wasn't pretty. And he's proven that if Roethlisberger were to go down, he can win you a football game or two. On the flip side of that, can Landry Jones, if Ben Roethlisberger were to go down, let's say with a knee injury and he's done for the year and it's week four, Landry Jones says he thinks he could pull a Nick Foles, so to speak, and that is carry the team for the rest of the way, keep them successful, and be able to actually win them a potential championship. He thinks he could, and I wouldn't expect him to say anything different. After all, you have to have confidence in yourself. If you don't have confidence in yourself, what's the point? I don't have confidence in him, but the Steelers do, so we'll say he's number two. And so now you have Dobbs and Rudolph. If we're assuming that the Steelers are only going to keep three, Dobbs and Rudolph is who you have. A fourth-round pick in Joshua Dobbs. They saw what he could do last year, and they still drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round this year. I don't see them cutting Mason Rudolph unless he is absolutely horrendous or gets hurt in the preseason. And even if he were to get hurt, I don't think that they would ever just cut ties with him. He would be placed on injured reserve, and they would wait for him to come back. But back to the point at hand. If I don't see them getting rid of or releasing or not keeping Mason Rudolph, that means that they're getting rid of Joshua Dobbs. And so I think to myself, going all the way back, coming back full circle to the Joshua Dobbs quote where he said he's excited for the upcoming competition and training camp, who is he competing with? It's not Ben Roethlisberger, not Landry Jones, and not Mason Rudolph. Who's he competing with? Now, if you wanted to pick one of those four, uh, one of those three, I should say, that he's actually competing with, in my opinion, it's Landry Jones. Because we know that he has the smarts. He's known the He's been in, in the system a year. If he comes out and plays really, really well, then I guess the team could potentially cut Landry Jones, save some cap space, and roll with Roethlisberger, Dobbs, and Rudolph as their top three. That's something to think about. Not, I, I don't think it would happen, but at the same time, that could potentially be what the Steelers are thinking. So if Dobbs, if, if Landry Jones is set, then Joshua Dobbs is basically a dead man walking. He is not going to be able to compete with anyone. Nonetheless, they're going to go through the, their hoops. They're going to, you know, maybe they will keep four. Maybe I'm way off. I, I, I could be. Wouldn't be the first time. I'll say it that way. But in my opinion, the Pittsburgh Steelers are only going to keep three quarterbacks, and those quarterbacks are going to be Ben Roethlisberger, Landry Jones, and Mason Rudolph. I'd like to know 
what you think will happen. And let me know in the comment section. If you're on YouTube, go to the comment section. Let me know what you think will happen with the quarterback situation, that quarterback battle coming up for the Steelers. But the bigger question here, and I might be getting ahead of myself, but it's the offseason. Sometimes the mind wanders. Is what would the Steelers do if Ben Roethlisberger was injured in the first quarter of the season? Would they put Landry Jones in and say, go get him. Let's see what we can do. Or would they do what they did in 2004, and that was they put in a rookie. That rookie was Ben Roethlisberger, who rattled off 14 straight wins. Would it be Mason Rudolph this time coming in and seeing what he can do at the quarterback le- at, the, at the NFL level, the highest level against the best competition out there? It makes you wonder. If you don't think Landry Jones can win you a championship, if Ben Roethlisberger does get hurt, why put him out there? Why? It's pointless. If he, if you don't think you can win a championship with Landry Jones, then you might as well put Mason Rudolph out there and see what you have in the kid. I, I don't think they should start him or anything like that. I don't think it's a battle with Roethlisberger at all. It just makes you wonder if Roethlisberger were to be hurt. And let's be honest, he has been hurt a lot in his career. Coming off a, a season where he did not miss any time, knock on wood, I'm glad that didn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen again. But these quarterback questions are ones that will have to be answered. Now, the injury thing we hope doesn't have to be answered. In that aspect, we hope that Roethlisberger plays out his contract. If they choose to not let him, not re-sign him after those two years, that's a different story. But who makes the team? What's the depth chart look like? That's going to be interesting to say. I will be honest. I am really looking forward to watching Mason Rudolph in the preseason, watching Joshua Dobbs and see if he's progressed. I've seen enough of Landry Jones. Landry Jones is Landry Jones. He's not changing. He's not vastly improving or anything like that. So maybe as I talk through this myself, maybe it's Landry Jones that Joshua Dobbs is competing with, which will make it very interesting this preseason. So that quarterback quarterback battle, the training camp battle is one to watch there at uh, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, when the Steelers report to camp at the end of July. Uh, Now, Another topic I wanted to talk about last episode, and I didn't because we got cut off, and that is coaching. Since 1969, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches. Every Steeler fan that's a diehard fan knows this. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. That's it. That should tell you all you need to know about how the Steelers like to handle their business. They don't like change. They don't like turnover. But sometimes they feel that it's necessary. If there was a time that they felt it was necessary, it was this past offseason. Think about all the different changes that have been made on the Steelers coaching staff. Randy Feetner replaces Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator and keeps his title as the quarterback's coach at the same time. Along the defensive line, John Mitchell gets promoted to, as I guess you would call it a promotion, to assistant coach, only assistant coach. That's a a title he has held for the past, I don't know, six or seven years with Mike Tomlin. But he's no longer the defensive line coach. That's Carl Dunbar. The secondary coach, Carnell Lake, says he needs to spend more time with his family, whether that was forced or whether that was voluntary. We all have our own speculation on that. Nonetheless, Tom Bradley, longtime defensive coordinator, college football coach, very highly regarded in that area, comes in to coach the secondary for the Steelers. And then at wide receiver, Richard Mann, the legendary Richard Mann, 
hangs up with a whistle. He retires as the wide receiver coach, and they bring in Daryl Drake to come in and coach the wide receivers. That's a lot of turnover for the Steelers, and that's only four coaches. And for some teams, they're replacing four or more coaches every year, but not the Steelers. Like I said, they don't like change. They like to keep people. They like to trust their people that they hire. That's the way that they've done business since 1969 when they've hired Chuck Knoll as their head coach. It's just the way they've always done it. It's the way they always will do it as long as the Roonies are in control. But that's not really the topic at hand. It's a lot of turnover. The topic is, does, do coaches in the NFL really matter? Think about that. Do coaches in the National Football League really matter? We all talk about head coaches. Head coaches are scrutinized from time management to challenges to how they prepare their team every single Sunday, every single year. They're under enough scrutiny. That's not what I'm talking about. My question is, do the coaches that are specifically for positions, positional coaches, do they really matter? Steeler fans get on Joey Porter a lot because they don't feel that he's doing enough as an outside linebacker coach to prepare his players. We're talking Bud Dupree. We're talking TJ Watt. We're talking about other players prior to them. That's debatable. In my opinion, coaching always matters. But there are a couple variables at the National Football League level or the professional level that are different than, say, high school. Now, I was a head varsity high school coach. I didn't coach football, but I was a head varsity coach of a team sport. Put it at that. Put it that way. And all I know is that coaching matters, but you have to have players that are coachable. And that sounds very elementary. It sounds like, well, you've got to have the kids that want to get out there and they want to win and they want to learn. It's the same thing. It's the same thing every level. High school, college, pros, it doesn't matter. You have to go out there and you got to perform. And you have to go out there and you've got to take what the coaches have taught you and you got to put it on the field. If you feel like you know everything, it won't matter. You could be the best coach in the world and it won't matter a lick because you're not going to change anything. So you have to have a coach that the players trust, that the players know what he tells me is going to work. Now in high school and college, high school mainly, it comes down to what he's telling me is going to equal victories. That's the biggest thing. When they see you starting to win, they buy into what you're selling. In college, especially the elite athletes, it goes from, is what he's telling me going to make me a professional? Is it going to get me drafted? Is it going to get me out of my current situation? Is it going to get me money? Then, when they see you doing that, so think about a guy like, well, whether it's Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, think of Nick Saban at Alabama, all these coaches, they have a ridiculous track record of getting players drafted. Heck, there are Alabama players that are not even every down starters that get drafted ahead of other guys that are regular starters. Why? Because they came from Alabama. In the professional level, it comes down to is what he teaching me? Is what he coaching me going to make me more money? Is he going to, is the offensive coordinator putting in plays that are going to get me on those highlight reels? Is he putting in plays in a system 
that is going to get me a new contract, whether it's with this team or whether it's with another team in free agency, is he going to make me more money? And so you have to think about this. Coaching always matters, but the players they're coaching matters too. Let's go back to the Steelers. Let's refocus here. The Steelers in the past two years especially have really focused on character, high character players. And I think it's safe to say if you go back a few years before that, character was not as high on their list when they were looking to draft players. You see players like Le'Veon Bell, great player, tremendous talent, can be a bit of a headache off the field. You think about Martavis Bryant, had a lot of red flags on him coming out of Clemson. The Steelers took a run at him. He paid off in the short term. In the long term, no longer a member of the team. Players matter. Coaches matter. I personally don't think there's a coach at the National Football League level that can't coach. Yeah, they can improve on certain things, and they have strengths and weaknesses, just like players do. But at the same time, the player is just as important, in my opinion. The Steelers have drafted players in the past two years that have pedigree. Think about TJ Watt. Think about Terrell Edmonds that are very coachable, that love the game of football, and want to get better, to work, and to win. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. That's what it matters. That's that's exactly what it is. When co- we talk about coaching at the professional level, and this is just football. I can't speak on the NBA. I have my own opinions on the NBA. Uh, the NHL is similar uh, to the NFL. That's what it's all about. Whether it's high school, college, or, or, or pros, coaching matters. It's a different style of coaching. And this, while I'm thinking of it, This is where Mike Tomlin is successful. In over 10 years, the guy has never had a losing season. Sure, he's only won one Super Bowl. He's been to two. I I get that that's a knock on him. Think about it. Since 2007, the Steelers' worst record is 8-8. and The worst record. This guy has won 12, 13, 11 games on a regular basis. Why? Players want to play for him. They want to put their heart and soul out onto the field for him. And they want to make sure that they impress him because that's the type of coach. You want to call that a player's coach, so be it. But ultimately, I don't see that as a bad thing. There's a lot of people that say, oh, he's too soft on him. He's not hard enough on him, yada, yada, yada. I don't buy into all that. I think that being a coach that players trust, being a a coach that players want to play for means a lot. 
So yeah, coaching matters, and the Steelers have all those new coaches. It's going to be interesting to see. How does Tom Bradley take those college concepts and infuse them into the professional game? And on the defensive line, does Carl Dunbar do something a little bit different with his defensive lineman that John Mitchell didn't that might have a bigger impact on the field? What about wide receiver? Richard Mann was great. He also had great receivers. With Antonio Brown there, you don't have to do much coaching with Antonio Brown. But what about these young guys, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington? Daryl Drake's going to have his work cut out for him. And then lastly, Randy Feetner. Todd Haley's gone. What's it going to look like? Same offense, different names? Or is it going to be a up-tempo, we're going to run it right down your throat, but we're going to do it at a, at a breakneck speed? You only can look back to the University of Memphis, and I think 2004, the last time Randy Feetner actually called play to, plays to actually know. It's going to be fun to watch. All I want to say is that the Steelers are about ready to enter third, their third week of the organized team activities or OTAs. I want you to make sure you keep it here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us, BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up on the video. Comment. Let us know what you want to hear about. We'll give you the best news and notes. Also, in podcast form, go to iTunes. Search the standard as a standard. Subscribe. You'll get all our podcasts there. And always, 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 your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.